2: You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. (sighs) Relax and unwind tonight with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as another busy work week flies by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies.
3: All I ever wanted was a little
4: love I want true romance, it's true Hello,
5: welcome to True Romance. This is Carolina Barlow. This is Devin Leary. So, Carol, do you notice anything different about me? Uh...
2: You shaved your face? It's a tough one. It's a tough one. I'm not going to get
5: it. Okay, so I engaged in a little bit of an activity today, which was that when I went to my dermatologist the last time, through a series of questions asked by me about the price of filler and, you know, all that, she told me that she teaches dermatology students who sometimes, as a part of their learning process, have to inject people, and those people get to be injected for free. Devin raises her hand faster than she knocks a lamp over. (laughs) I was like, why is this a question? This is more of a statement. And yes, I will be here anytime. I wanted to say like, if you said 4am on a Tuesday, I would be here. Like I'm ready. And so then she follows up by saying like, Oh, also there is this comedian that sometimes promotes me on social media. Like, Would it be okay if she films like the injections on TikTok live? And I, I did pause. I did think like, do I want my face being shot up live on TikTok? And then I thought for free filler, free change to my face wherever I want it. That makes me look plumper, younger. Like Aubrey O'Day. For at least like nine to 10 months, probably more than a year. Yeah, you can TikTok live. Yeah, I would do a TikTok dance while receiving the filler if that's what it was required. So today, I, after getting multiple COVID PCR tests because I am terrified, I'm living in a state of constant fear, and I'm dog sitting in a building that has lots of people who seem confused about the purpose of masks. (laughs) My day was basically taking care of this dog and getting PCR tests and then this experience. So this was obviously going to be the highlight. It was insanely painful. I'm a baby. Let me say that. Let me say that. I'm a baby. To me, it was insanely painful. Maybe it's not to other people, but like even just thinking about it now, like my whole body is tensing up because it really, really hurt. They did an amazing job, by the way. You look great. Nothing to complain about but it was in my chin and there was a few times where they like had to push through the muscle and it kept like falling oh, out. Oh jeez. It was so painful. So I'm like sitting there. At one point I was in so much pain that I like flailed my leg and my phone went flying across the room. All of that is fine. And you're like,
2: "My baby." I was like, "Is it okay? Is it okay? Is it
5: shattered?" No, I didn't say that. But all of that would be fine if it were not for the fact that God knows how many people were watching this live. And the, the girl has,
2: I just, forgot.
5: I know. So the girl has like a hundred thousand like followers and she does these live, she calls them live events where she's like filming me. And every once in a while she would like make a joke and I'd be like, oh yeah, she's like a comedian and she's like live filming this and then because I was like in so much pain, like really the, I think it was like, I am such a baby because the doctor was like, okay, wait, okay, let me just do this one. Cause she's in a lot of pain. At one point the doctor goes, I don't think you're going to learn much from this one. She's just in a lot of pain. And I was like, wait, I want to be like Grey's Anatomy. I want to teach you a lesson. Like, I want to teach you a spiritual lesson about your life through my struggle, but like, I guess I'm just too much of a baby. So the, influencer she's like a skincare influencer on tiktok she starts saying like devon don't worry like people people in the comments they're saying you're a badass they're saying you're a trooper they're saying you're doing a great job you're a hero you're amazing and i was like okay thank you so then my people pleasing is kicking it i'd already had been kicking in because they kept saying are you okay like the doctor kept being like are you okay and i was like trying to respond but my chin is like being needled up so i was like uh-huh uh-huh (laughs) uh-huh And then at one point, the doctor said, like, can you talk? Can you talk? Can she talk? Like, she thought, like, I my mouth was fucked up or something. You should have tried a different language. So <laughs> I'm like... And Nixon still president after
6: <laughs>
5: <laughs> so the girl's being like okay wait you're such a-. so then I felt like I had to respond to her and the people who were commenting so I was like thank you but then I started to get mad because I was like wait why aren't any of them saying like she doesn't even need this I was like is anyone <laughs> commenting like why is this girl even doing this she doesn't even need it like she was perfect before and I started to get like a little bit resentful anyway afterwards the girl asked if she could show my before and after so I was like yeah you can show it And then when she showed the before and after, someone did comment. She told me beautiful both before and after, which I really appreciated. Even though it was an old creepy man. (laughs) Even though they didn't have a profile picture and they had no followers. (laughs) They clearly were a bot because they had no followers and they weren't following anyone. No, but I was like, why am I thinking this? Because I just went through all this hellish pain just to look different. And now I'm like, wait, why didn't they think I looked beautiful before? but yeah anyway it was definitely worth it i hope my face doesn't look weird tomorrow i guess it was kind of like a trial i mean the doctor did say that she's like i can't recommend anything because it's like this is a student who's doing it but i would say 10 out of 10 will be going back for a facelift next time they call
2: okay just don't go too crazy because i think that it's another place to have body dysmorphia
5: Okay, I didn't do much though. I just did a little no, on the chin. No, you look great. You look great. I'm just saying. Okay, you would be proud to know that when I got a consultation for a deviated septum that I actually have, I didn't ask if they could do a little fixing while they were in there. I didn't. I just said like I only care about how well I can breathe, and that's true. I do only care about that.
2: Speaking of learning from patients. I had a nurse in the hospital tell me that she saved someone's life because of a Grey's Anatomy episode. Really? There's, of course, the storyline where Meredith's stepmom comes into the hospital with hiccups and it ends up killing her. Yeah. And the nurse said it was like her first week at the hospital and a patient came in just because they could not stop hiccuping and the doctor was going to send them home. And she said, wait, I think it could be this thing saved their life
5: okay this is actually reminding me of an experience in my own life where when i took the sats there was a question that said something about a shaman and i knew what that was because one time gilmore girls made a joke about a shaman so i just remembered that joke and i was like okay actually i know the answer to this and no my scores
2: weren't great (laughs) my scores didn't actually reflected the fact that i was watching tv mostly during any free time have we discussed on this podcast
5: before that my SAT tutor in high school was a contestant on American Idol in one of the <laughs> montages of like, you know, the montages when they would be like, uh, and then the day took a turn for the worse. Yikes. And they would just show people singing horribly. He was in one of those montages and his song was Smacked That by Akon. So it's like, <laughs> it's like, okay. So he was like a very like skinny, scrawny white guy with ginger hair and glasses <laughs> And like so I, I kind of was like okay so you just went on as a joke like you didn't genuinely think that like smacked at by Akon was the best way to show your vocal skills like <laughs> it was a joke to you you didn't take it seriously so in that sense I don't feel bad for you that you got nowhere and got made fun of because that's what you wanted but it was just him being like Smacked that. All on the floor. Like imagine a group of high schoolers who hate SAT tutoring so much. I literally conspired with the other kids. I was like, how are we going to get out of it this week? Like we have to get out of it this week. We ha- like, we couldn't do it. And so for us to find that, like we looked him up and we found his YouTube channel and he had like posted that. And it was like, it's a goldmine. He also had all these weird videos like where he would make commentary about like politics and like Sarah Palin And I was like, what? (laughs) And then now I'm like, wait,
2: he was right. She was crazy. No, I'm kidding. Anyway. I had this weird thing in ninth grade where I was tutored for, gosh, it was Latin and something else like math or something. And this is really weird. But when people focus on me entirely in like a silent space, I get what i now know to be turned on like oh. i get <laughs> i get goosebumps all over my body <laughs> they like peek at the top of my head it hasn't happened in a really long time but for tutoring it happened all the time and i like like just like a person like speaking quietly it was like um now i'm paranoid that you think that happens when we're talking together on the pod and i can assure you it doesn't not at all no I'm matter how thinking, much filler you get i'm just thinking i back on like the the what my high school
5: teachers that I had to do extra help with looked like and laughing out loud at the idea of being (laughs) like turned on by like sitting across from them. Just not at all. But also I never felt turned on when I was alone with anyone in high school because I was absolutely terrified, like shitting myself because I was so awkward and scared to say the wrong
2: thing. I was the opposite where I was like hitting on middle-aged men in a hot tub and, Where does Coachella take place? Exactly. Need I say anymore? At Woodstock? (laughs) At Woodstock 63. We are going to take a quick break. Speaking of Woodstock, we are continuing our true crime, true romance series. It's going to get dark, folks. I just did some dark, dark research. So trigger warning all over the place. Gore, sexual violence, violence. Cannibalism is a big one. So please stay tuned based on those highlights. And we're going to be right back.
4: I want true
0: Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series.
2: And we're back with True Romance, True
5: Crime, Episode 2. First of all, the genius pun that I came up with was True Crime
2: Romance. There was a bunch of crumpled pieces of paper all over Devin's floor. She was like, True Crime,
5: (laughs) True true Crime and True Romance. How could they possibly fucking be connected? (laughs) What word could possibly connect True Crime with True Romance? Like, Someone tried to open up her
2: door and she was like, get out
5: of here. I haven't slept in days. (laughs) So people of true romance, people of the world, spice up your life. I had a hard time with this because I struggled to choose a case and I chose one that I feel like originally I chose tall, hot blonde, which is an excellent case that everyone should look up, but morbid podcast just did an episode about it. And I love that podcast and they did a great job. So if you want to know about tall, hot blonde, One of my favorite catfishing murders. You should check that out. And that also
2: describes me. Continue. Exactly. It's
5: basically about Carolina. Um, So then I thought about one of my favorite true crime documentaries that I actually genuinely believe is underrated, which is rare for true crime docs in this day and age because everybody watches all of them instantly. The documentary is directed by Aaron Lee Carr And it's on HBO Max It's Thought Crimes, The Case of the Cannibal Cop So I saw this documentary years ago And I just rewatched it for this process So this is the case of Gilberto Valle And he was a New York City police officer Boo! I know, I know Listen, ACAB, I know continue. I know. And it get it gets worse. So he was arrested after his wife called the authorities on him. The reason she called the authorities on him is because of a classic, classic move that I know I've done. I can't speak for Carolina, but I think many of us have gone down this road of reading your significant other's search history. So, yeah, started when I was young gill's wife that was her first step because gill started using her computer his computer broke and she their marriage was kind of on the rocks this is what i find most interesting about this case especially as an adult like when i was in like my early 20s when i first saw this documentary what did i know about relationships nada what did i know about marriage fucking poop nothing so now as an adult reading back In some articles about this case, what I found most interesting was the relationship between these two people. I specifically read an article by Robert Kolker for New York Magazine called A Dangerous Mind. And it's basically about how this woman was a Teach for America teacher, she was young. She was living in New York, and she starts dating this guy. He's a cop. They have, like, a really nice beginning of their relationship. They move in together, and essentially, once she gets pregnant, she notices a shift in him. She said when she first told him that she was pregnant, he immediately said, I can't do this. But then he shifted and said, like, never mind, and and said he wanted to show up for her and help her raise the baby. But, like, his first almost subconscious response was, I can't do this when she said I'm pregnant. So then he started in the words of this article, drifting away. She said he never seemed very interested at all. He was just sighing and seemed miserable all the time. And he told her that she was wasting his time and he started having some intimacy problems with her. And then they kind of just like lost all the intimacy in their relationship. And he just would, Stay up all night, doing his own thing, playing video games, watching TV and going on the Internet. She said she remembers him going on the Internet sometimes until three, four or five in the morning. So like me
2: when I got my MySpace.
5: Exactly. Or me when I discovered uh, the hole on YouTube that is footage of UFOs. So... Yeah. Like, I think that what's interesting to me about this is like, I feel like many people can relate to this. It's like, okay, you start to notice your significant other is losing interest. Like they're kind of doing their own thing at night instead of coming to bed. Like it's a very stereotypical story that we all know.
2: Yeah, this all sounds very typical to especially men who had just had their first child. Yes. Which is
5: like terrifying as a construct pretty unfortunate but it's interesting like my couple friend of mine just had a baby and the baby looks just like its dad and we were talking about how there's like a biological thing where babies look more like the dad when they're first born because it, it was originally so that like primitive humans like the father of the child might just abandon it so babies adapted to look more like the father when they're first born so that the father will stick around and have like a narcissistic draw towards the child so that's how common it is (laughs) for men to be like i don't really think so when it comes to like the commitment of like helping raise a child so yeah again i'm like relating to all this like it makes sense like she's feeling she's at one point someone someone in the documentary remembers her testifying that she in her own google search history were things like why doesn't my husband love me anymore oof Wait till you find out what his fucking was. So she's like starting to notice that he's going on the internet all the time. And maybe she was like me. I saw all the dark sides of the internet by age like 13 because I watched MTV's True Life. And it would be like, True Life, I have a second life account. True Life, I have a secret life online. True. Like I saw all these areas of the internet, uh, the dark web. So like I, maybe she was like me and she was like, something's up. Because in front of her, he would be going to websites like ESPN.com. I'm a guy. I'm a normal guy. MLB.com. And she's like, wait, but what's going on when I'm not there? So she starts checking his search history and she sees some fucked up shit. So the first fucked up shit that she sees in her words was, quote, porn that was disturbing. And she said, I mean, I know s is kind of popular, like Fifty Shades of Grey, but this seemed different. The girl on the front page was dead. Oh, OK. So basically... She sees this thing. She's like, this is like more extreme than Fifty Shades of Grey. But her first response, of course, because she's a woman and we naturally are so accommodating to our partners, is like, maybe we can make this work. Like, maybe I'll die. I'll die. Like, (laughs) will you have sex with me if I die? Maybe this is like something we can work through. Like, he's just ashamed of his fetish. Like, she's actually excited that maybe they can have a breakthrough. They tried some of this stuff. They tried like shopping for sex toys together and stuff like that. But it kind of stuck with them like that is a hard thing to get over. You know what? It lingered. You know what? The feeling the feeling of I
2: know you are interested in killing women did linger amongst them. It does remind me of Roman from Succession who asks his girlfriend in season one or two to play dead. I was thinking the exact same thing. He did say he was like,
5: it's not fun unless it's fucked up, which I thought was like a good way to describe like general sex fetishes which i think are very normal and i am totally open-minded about and i think people should be agreed but anyway so she tried to be open-minded about it but it did linger and (laughs) that is too open of a mind something some doors should remain closed no matter how much you fill your face out with synthetic materials your mind can't grow (laughs) that's true um oh my god i would be so pissed off if I got cannibalized like tomorrow after going through all the pain to get this filler.
2: I would be so pissed off if I was dead and someone was like still like checking out my nudes. I don't know how I feel about that. Like I maybe I would be (laughs) fine with that. It's like it's like donating
5: your body to science. Like people don't donate your donating your body to jerk dogs. Not to a cop. Oh yeah, you're right. And let's be honest, that's probably most of the population of this dark fetish website. So basically. She decides to put spyware on her computer so she can see what Gil's up to. And he was complicit in making the mistake of using his wife's computer to search, like,
2: dead people porn. Like, come yeah, on. come on. Like, come on. <laughs> and then you don't clear search history? Like, Guys shouldn't even be on their Facebook on their girlfriend's computer. Nevertheless, they're dead porn searches. Yeah. Basically, she
5: uses this spyware... And she finds all these conversations he's been having on forums for his cannibalism fetish. And the forum websites are called darkfetishnet.com, which is like fine. The second one is called girlsinabind.com, which made me mm, laugh so yeah. hard because I was like, Girls in it a bind. Sounds very like, like it's your girl, bossy. Yeah, <laughs> it's like me today when I ran out of dog shit bags when I was walking a dog. Like I was a girl in a That's bind. What am gonna do? she? It reminds do? me of
2: like a possibly like a CBS show about girls in two uh, broke girls like, in a bind. Yeah, sure. Like paralegal girls, like girls in a bind. How am I gonna get through this job and fall in love? I know. Can I
5: have it all? Am I Miranda? Can I have it all? But really it was like girls in a bind because they're dead and we bound them up and we're going to roast them. Um, And by roast, I don't mean comedically make fun of. Um, (laughs) Oh, even though that's good porn too. Yeah. Pete Davidson roasting Justin Bieber is good porn and it is my porn. Okay. And then the third one was fetlife.com, which I feel like just sounds like a party planning website. That's very whatever. Dark fetish net was the most obvious thing. that's like, if you see that in your husband's search history... I think I might be going the south. Uh, So anyway, she sees that basically he's communicating with people on this website about essentially plans to cannibalize Mm -hmm. her and a girl that he knew from college and like people in his life. So this is where the documentary gets interesting. The wife calls the authorities. She says, my husband is planning to kill me, cannibalize me, all this stuff along with other women, he posted photos of her to the forum and photos of this other woman that he knows that he wanted to cannibalize. And so it essentially became a groundbreaking case in intent and whether someone can be persecuted for their thoughts. So that's what's so fascinating about this case. So from his perspective, he says it was all fantasy. All of the plans, even if you go through the plans that he talked about on the forums, he would say, like, I have a cabin somewhere up north. I'm going to I'm going to abduct this girl that I went to college with. I'm going to tie her up with this. I'm going to put her in the trunk of the car, this and then I'm going to take her there. So his explanation is like, I don't even have a cabin. So like, it's all fantasy. I don't even own a cabin. None of it was real. At one point he said he planned to abduct up to a hundred women and he's like, how would that even be possible? There's no way.
2: (laughs) A hundred girls in a bind?
5: Maybe you can fit one girl in a bind, maybe two girls in a bind, a hundred girls in a bind, no. So that is interesting that it's like, okay, so, and the dark fetish net, you know, all these websites do say like this is a fantasy based experience, so his perspective was like, I had this fucked up fantasy. These websites were my outlet. And then I went back to my normal life, you know, like I was normal. I never was violent in real life, but this was my outlet to express these things. In his trial, the verdict was that he was guilty and then he was acquitted later. But the jurors who found him guilty said that there was intent because he actually posted photos of the women he planned, planned to do this to and he would post his plans like he he posted blueprint that he had made for how to carry
2: this out. Yeah, that that feels a little what is the word for when you think about the murder before you do it? premeditation. The stuff he says
5: is extremely fucked up. I don't I don't feel the need to like explain it, but it's like when you read this stuff, you're like, "Oh, holy shit, this person is deeply disturbed." That being said, The way he talks about it in the documentary, he says, like, he always had these kind of fetishistic urges. And when he found the forum to him, it felt like he finally could express himself. And previously he had no out. Like, it just was a release. Like, he was like, finally, people people aren't judging me. So I'm going to go as big and as As bold as as I I I want." want and the stuff he was googling so his google search history became a, a factor in the case because they were saying like he googled how do i get chloroform and stuff mm, but it's like yeah. to him he was saying like that was because it built into his fantasy of like and then getting the stuff is part of the fantasy and and he said people on the forum were often trying to one-up each other like who can say the most fu- fucked up thing which i relate because that's how carolina and i's uh <laughs> group texts are our our gif
2: game our gif game
5: our gif game is just like that who can send the most fucked up gif and she usually keeps it pretty tame with like the lauren conrad crying but (laughs) so it's not that hard to outdo her but anyway so it's just very fascinating
0: i
2: will say that the marriage between the fact that he loses interest in his wife and starts being interested in porn question mark can we even call that porn of eating and killing women basically and kidnapping them that that's an uncomfortable marriage. Yeah. You're ignoring your wife. You don't seem interested in her. What you do seem interested in is another way of hating women basically. Right. It also reminds me of the army hammer situation. Yes. Obviously cannibal cop is the OG army hammer is appropriating this cannibals culture, Yes. But Army Hammer did tell a girl via Instagram DM, come on, people. Like, why? Just why? Like, I'm more nervous and I'm not famous. Yeah. But he says that he's held a deer's live heart and eaten it, and he wants to taste human flesh, et cetera. Lastly, Which, again, begs the question, like, is this fantasy? Is that a true story? Is that just a part of the character you're performing right now? How deep do you go when you're performing character? Lastly, I will say that it reminds me a little bit of... I've met people who have fetishes of getting slapped in the face while they're having sex. Or, like, I remember the first time I heard it, it was, like, a girl in high school did that to a guy. And we were like, what? And then I heard from... Not too many people, but from some people, yeah, I've heard of stuff like that happening. And this is something that would not be okay if it wasn't a consensual experience in bed. Now, cannibalism is different because it's not something that I think anyone would really like to consent to. But it is that weird crossover where sex and pain meet that some people
5: really enjoy. It's like this person is saying their fetish is doing something that's unimaginably violent and harmful. The thing is though that there he hadn't harmed anyone yet. So like it's kind of like the minority report thing, like that movie Minority Report, where it's like they arrested people before the crime happened. And it's like the jurors in this case did say they were like, we didn't want to live with ourselves if we didn't convict this person. And then he went ahead and harmed a woman where he was saying I had no plans of ever doing that. Like you can't prove that I would ever have done that. I should mention by the way, that he also one of the premeditative steps he took was using his police database access to garner uh, evidence around these potential victims and that he did surveil them. So I don't know. I think what's really interesting about this case is the idea of, the limits of premeditation and the limits of fantasy and whether or not people can be prosecuted for just thinking about like, I mean someone in the documentary made an interesting point where it's like, okay, what about like horror writers? They Google all the time. How would I actually chloroform someone if like to tell a story? And that's what this guy's lawyers kind of tried to do is like paint the picture of like, this was just a story. He was storytelling. However, I can also totally see the other side where it's like, then why did he take these premeditative steps? And yes, I think he is a terrible person. By the way, I looked him up now. He is an anti-vaxxer and he is a (laughs) Trump supporter, but his social media bio does say life is good. So that's, I'm happy for him about that. And he has become a horror writer, much like uh, last week's episode where we talked about Chad Daybell noted murderer who has like a goodreads bio this guy has a bio on amazon that i have to find because it's so funny it says Gil valley is a graduate of the university of maryland and before his arrest he was a member of the new york city police department for nearly seven years he's a huge fan of the new york yankees valley currently resides in queens with his two dogs like we can't think
2: of anything else to say about him
5: oh yeah and then it says Gil valley rose to infamy in october 2012 and became known to the world as the nypd cannibal cop after he was wrongfully arrested by the fbi okay um he has since been completely exonerated so yeah he wrote a bunch of books such as raw deal a gathering of evil the social catalog of prey it's unfortunate that he's more productive than i am he is productive and he has worked hard you can't say he's not a hard worker I mean, it takes a lot of, he's staying up till five in the morning doing research on this stuff. Okay.
2: We can't even research for the pod. I'll speak for myself.
5: Yeah, Carol, I am looking at an eight page document that I highlighted about this case for this episode. So do speak for yourself. No. So I really think like, first of all, the most fascinating part of this case to me is still the fact that like, this was like a very normal, stereotypical, married couple situation where it's like you know something might be up like is it a fair is it this is it a porn addiction and your partner completely shuts down from you and you have to do some digging but in this case when she did the digging suddenly she was like i'm terrified for my life and i know personally i could never get past that like if i saw that someone wrote on a forum that they had a plan personally I know, I'm like okay personally in my I, opinion I'm weird I'm kind of a court guys I'm kind of a quirky weirdo girl so for me like this is not my ideal is for my husband to like be wanting to cannibalize me but that's just fucking me
2: and no judgment and if you are with someone who wants to cannibalize you we get it it's hard to meet a guy in New York and there is a sex in the city episode that applies is there no oh <laughs> <laughs> I think you would have remembered the cannibal episode. And just like that, a cop tried to eat me. So there is definitely a Carrie joke in there or a Samantha joke. That's like, I said, eat me. (laughs) But then he tried to eat me. (laughs) No, no, no. It's Samantha. One thousand percent. You're right. I said, eat me. But I didn't expect him to bring a fork and knife. Oh, my God. I love that.
3: I want you.
4: HealthLock has helped its members save over a hundred and thirty million dollars. Bottom line, insurance alone isn't enough. To save, visit HealthLock.com. Do it today before you see another healthcare provider.
3: That's healthlock.com. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global.
5: Looking back, I'm like, oh, my God, what a relief. The stuff that I've found digging around in ex's stuff like I thought that was bad. I thought finding out that my boyfriend's Wi-Fi password was actually the name of his ex-girlfriend's dog was bad. It's no tying me up and eating me. It's no girls in a bind. So anyway, I thought that was interesting. And I don't know. What do you think, Carol? Are you like, why did Devin choose this? It's too disturbing. No, I
2: think it's fascinating. And I also wanted to talk about intrusive thoughts because... I think this is something that we've talked about before where I'll have awful thoughts. I wouldn't call it. I wouldn't say it's girls in a bind, but I'll say it's a part of, it, it's a little bit of an OCD thing. Oh, 1000%. Yeah. You'll think of an awful thing. Then say, don't think about that. Then it comes back stronger. Yeah. But you know, this is someone who really went to the limit And I think I would honestly be more on the side of he's just a weird fantasy guy. I don't know. Like, what kind of precedent does it set that we would criminalize someone for something they haven't done and only thought about? But there's a lot of situations. Listen, I'm sorry, Angela Davis. I do agree with abolishing prisons. But there are situations where we don't pay attention to signs that people are clearly exhibiting kids as recently as the last big school shooting where someone basically stated what they were going to do. But I really think in particular with this case, it starts at him ignoring his wife. That's what I find fascinating is that it starts with him dismissing his wife. It starts with her being a non-entity to him. Yes. And what I really think in this case is that that's a kind of abuse pretending someone's not there, ignoring their needs while you're in a partnership with them and not acknowledging it. There's something to saying, like, I'm not being present right now. I'm struggling to be a good partner right now. I think that's very human. But I think locking someone out (laughs) besides the cannibal porn is a problem. And I think that listening to this case... I could make an argument for that being a bridge to violence. Right. And maybe that's too extreme. But that's the part that is most alarming to me. Is that it starts with that, then it goes to staying up until 5 a.m., and then it goes to violent fantasies. It very much is like um, the music video for Stan featuring Dido that Eminem did oh eminem, yeah where dido plays a pregnant girlfriend to um someone who is obsessed with eminem and he's locked oh, wow, in his yeah. basement
5: wow that's interesting i haven't thought about that music video in so long but yeah it is kind of like her tea's gone cold and she's wondering why she got out of bed at all and like maybe that's how this woman felt when she had to spy where her husband
2: on her own computer so I do believe that Eminem is one of the greatest rappers of all time. And I think he's actually um, a musical genius. And he listened to that Dido song before he decided to rap around it. And he said, I listened to it and I immediately thought this is about an obsessed fan. And if you listen to the lyrics, she's like, I want to thank you for giving me the best day of my life. But I just thought how interesting that his brain went there. Right. And when you listen to it, you're like, oh, yeah, this could be about an obsessed fan. Well, I'm an obsessed fan
5: of Christine, uh, the recently departed sister wife. And when I say departed, I mean she's chosen to leave uh, the sister wifehood. I'm an obsessive stan of her. And
2: the morning rain does fall on my window. I, I love what I find out about a new reality TV franchise that I did not know Devin was involved in. There's so many hidden doors in that head there's filler there oh no I I thought you were gonna say hidden doors of reality tv
5: shows I was gonna say there's not enough because I need more I'm on my survivor journey right now and I'm like oh my god like this was waiting for me but it's rare that that happens because I feel like I have seen everything
2: I've seen it all folks well now I really have seen it all or heard it all when I listened to Gil which is really a misleading name he might as well (laughs) be named Ned I know. Hey, did you hear about what Gil's been getting into? Frickin' creep. (laughs) He's been eating peeps. He's been eating peeps. (laughs) And no, I don't mean the delicious Easter candy. (laughs) I hate those peeps. I have a very very nice sense memory of my grandmother taking me to Disney World and um, giving me peeps beforehand.
5: I'm happy you have that. I've never had a positive memory with peeps because they're disgusting to me.
2: Well, Carol, thanks for listening to my story about... Gore. Thank you, Devin, for bringing such a romantic story to the pod. And ladies, if you download spyware and go on your own computer and see girlsinabind.com, personally, for me, That's a deal breaker. I'm sorry,
5: but I am just remembering my friend who told me that like when she first heard what porn was, she was on like the elementary school playground and a boy came up to her and said, go to (laughs) (laughs) porn.com. And then she went home and she was on the family desktop trying to think like, how do you spell (laughs)
2: porn.com? I remember in middle school upper middle school reading about the Paris Hilton sex tape god bless her I'm so sorry that happened to her and my sister and I were like oh my god should we look it up online we look it up online see her giving a blowjob for one second and immediately shut the computer like what did we just see oh my god oh my god oh my god I remember
5: because I had OCD as a kid I think I remember like getting a pop-up that was like a man like a man and a woman having sex or something on the desktop there was like a weird they probably weren't even having sex it was probably like a man and a woman in like bikini and bathing suit or something and i told my mom i was like mom i have to tell you something today <laughs> i was on like
2: angelfire.com and i saw like naked people
5: and she that was reminds like, me oh. um
2: of being at camp the only time i went to camp and was miserable the entire time and it was just obsessed with the fact that jfk junior and his wife were missing um but um one of the camp counselors a man got pushed into the lake he came out and um he turned around and i could see his butt crack in his (laughs) shorts and i was like it it was as if i saw a ghost i looked to my sister and i was like i have to talk i have to tell you something i saw ed's butt crack (laughs) she was
5: like oh okay this reminds me of a time that I went to Atlantis in the Bahamas, uh, otherwise known as huge place with huge water slides in the Bahamas that everyone <laughs> dreams of I thought of going you to. meant the actual Atlantis. And I was like, this should be its own app, Otherwise known as the actual lost city civilization that I discovered. And then I just didn't, I was so lazy that I just left it there. I was like, listen, this is another story for another time. I can't help you. Um, so... I went to Atlantis with my family dreams come true, except obviously the second I got there, I realized I was terrified of all the slides, but there was one like baby slide that I was waiting in line to go on and And someone there said, who here's a virgin? And then when I got off the slide, I was like, Mom, when I was waiting for the slide, someone said who's a virgin? My mom was probably like, Could this girl be more of a loser? Like she probably she probably was talking to her friends, like, I'm really worried my daughter's a loser. By the way, I was 18 on that trip. No kidding. (laughs)
2: You're 23. Mom, someone asked if anyone here is a virgin. Um, anyway, I'm a loser and that's all I have to say I'm a loser baby so why don't you kill me not Gil though oh god tune in next week guys
5: we're gonna have more true crime romance my brilliant pun of a series and that's all love you Devin love ya
4: all I ever wanted was a little love I want you